was a good piece of musser for me. I sat down last night. It's a, it's a very short piece. Honoring one's parent at whose expense? You've got to see it's one page. And it's one page as I found on page 37. Obviously, you can think of the, there are many ramifications, which we'll open up with just some of the obvious ones. It can be as innocuous and almost irrelevant as your father says, your mother says, can you go to Dunkin' Donuts and pick me up a coffee? Who has to pay for it? To a major expense such as home care and nursing care. Who's paying for that? But I said to myself when I sat down last night, I said, kind of like, okay, interesting question, but not the most exciting of topics. And so I deferred it, and I pushed it off. I said, I'll do it this morning. And the most for me was that every topic is exciting. And once I opened it up and started looking through the conceptual lambdas here, it's actually a fascinating discussion. It's a fascinating discussion, one that ended up taking me most of today. I think I spent a good five or six hours going through the sugya today. And because of that, I hope it comes out clear. My notes are definitely not as clear as I want them to be because I did not budget as much time as I needed to to go through and prepare what we need to do today. So I apologize because of that. But it is a fascinating discussion. So I want to open up um, with three questions. But before we do that, who had time to look through the pages? You saw it. Do you get time to look through it, Charles? So? So because we saw it ahead of time, so I can, we, we know basically the Gemara has the following question. Who is responsible for paying when it comes to the expenses? And the Gemara goes, goes through, the Gemara is found in Kedushan, begin at the bottom of, uh, of Lamed Aleph Amid Beis, going to the top of Lamed, sorry, Lamed Aleph Amid Beis, to the top of Lamed, Aleph, Lamed Beis Amid Aleph. And the Gemara says, it come, is it Michel Av or Michel Ben? Is it out of the father's pocket or the son's pocket? Which we'll see in a minute if there are really any ramifications because of that, as in when we see the bigger picture. But ultimately, it's seemingly the Gemara concludes that actually the expense comes out of the father's or the mother's bank account. Meaning that when we say that the this that we say the father the, the son is obligated, this daughter is obligated and keep it of aim. And they have to honor the parents. What does honor mean? So they have to clothe them, they have to feed them, and they have to do all these sort of things. Well who's paying for it on whose dime? It comes out of the parents' expense. Is it the parents' expense? This is what the Gemara says. Right? We saw that? Remember that? Jogging our memories? Okay. Rabbi Ken. I, can I just explore this a little bit before we open for questions? Okay. okay. So I want to ask three questions. Question number one is a very particular question. This came from the last week. We, uh, last week we discussed there was, a, uh, there was a question from the Mishnah Kohen. It was a book I discovered, written all the Hilchas Kibbutz of Aim. It's a very interesting work. So in back of it, he asked the following question. There was a, a, a man who had a firstborn son. And the way it works is that apparently Alpi Kabbalah and accepted practice is that the grandfather always is the sandik. The minog is the grandfather is the sandik for the first first grandson. All is good and well until there's a knock on the door and a Sephardi gentleman walks in and says, being a sandik, as we all know, is a big schooler for Parnassa. I will give you $10,000 if you let me be the sandik for this boy. Okay, pretty good deal. By the Sandik. Exactly, Sandik has a friend already. No, he's offering the father, not the grandfather. 
So now the guy, now, now, so let's just use names. So we have Ruvain is the father. Ruben has a little son named, well, Ruben, let's, let's actually let's use names a little easier. Yitzchak is the father. Yitzchak has a son named Yaakov. Yaakov is a little baby. And Avram is the grandfather, right? Avram is the grandfather. So Avram is supposed to be Yaak, little baby Yaakov Sandik. But Svardi comes in and little Svardi says, I want, or Svardi says, I want to be the Sandik. I will give Yitzhak $10,000 to be, let me be Sandik. And unfortunately, Avram will no longer be able to be his grand, grandson Sandik. This is the question that was, at, this is the question that was posed to the, the, the Avbezdin, the Dayan in London, which then made it to the Mishnah Kohen. Well, what do you think based off your reading? No, but the question is, is Yitzhak allowed to tell his father, I'm sorry, Avram, you thought you were going to be the Sandik. It's accepted practice in our community that you're the Sandik. If Kibbut Av is you're the Sandik, I'm sorry, you're no longer Sandik. Well, going along with other... You know, the and, and the reason you're no longer Sandik is because if, if I make you Sandik, I'm losing out in $10,000. And there's no relationship. No relationship. He goes, it's, it's a business deal. I don't want to lose 10000 grand. No, I mean... I don't want to lose 10 grand. Offering the money, there's no connection to the family. No, he's, he's a guy, he's, he's smart. It's a, it's a capitalistic thing. You can make a lot of money. I'll tell you, when, the day that my father was Sandik for Zevi, his, a smarty guy walked over to my father and goes, Give me a bracha. <laughs> so they, 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 they said, Give me a bracha. So again, we, we, don't, we don't have to get bogged down the details. Point is, there was some smarty guy who really believes in the school here. And therefore, he walks over to, the, to Yitzhak and says, I am willing to pay for it. So Yitzhak does not want to give up on $10,000. He doesn't want to lose $10,000. So he says to his father, I'm sorry, Dad. So going, can't you use the same idea that it's a few weeks ahead where you're supposed to, to stay after your parents? And he said, you know, and there's a whole debate whether or not you have to stand or whether or not, if you get basically, I think, you know, you, you get permission from your parents Alright, so Michael's Michael's saying if Avram gives permission, so maybe that would be that would be that would be okay. Okay, so well let's hold that for a minute. But the reason obviously I'm bringing this up is because what we're seeing here is a case where Yitzhak potentially potentially has is foregoing money or losing out money for or would have, for Kibbut Av Aim. And now, if we say Kibbut Av Aim is Mishal Av, it's at the father's expense, so Yitzhak can potentially say, well, this is, this is my expense. I'm the one losing money, and therefore I'm not going to want to lose the money. But, well, wait, Charles? No, not, definitely, definitely not. That's, that, that's what Michael's saying. Michael's saying the same way a, a grandfather, a father can say, I don't want you, every time I walk in the room, stand up, sit down, stand up. So you can definitely forego it. But I, I want to, I... I feel what, but the thing is, it, there's, the money is, it's not like he's the son of losing money. The son of, We have a London over here. Right. So the son, it's not like the son is coming out of the son's wallet. It's just like getting more put into it. 
And who? Just because. Uh, well, uh, before, I, I, if you're going to give, give me a source for this. I don't know a source. There is a source for this. It was in. It was in. It was. It, we, we saw it. Who? Who famously gave up money? N- didn't lose money, but gave up money. That non-Jewish guy was father was sleeping. Uh, Excellent, Dom Minasina. The case was in America. You just walked in. The case was as follows: There was a a, a guy, a guy who had a, a firstborn son, and his father, the grandfather, was supposed to be Sandik. And right before he, he sat down to be Sandik, some Friday guy walks over and goes, "I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you let me be Sandik." So now the father says, "I don't want to give. I don't want to lose ten thousand dollars. Sorry, Dad, you can't be Sandik. Is he allowed to do that? Because he doesn't want to lose ten thousand dollars." Well, it's like the typical response when people teach this story, and a lot of people talk about it in terms of Rashi's father also. There's like, like the kid's book where the kid's got the right? You'll get there. Uh, <laughs> um, that, you know, and your response was like, always like your parents always say, yeah, 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 wake me up for that kind of money. And at what, you know, can they say that, can they not say that, and then can what if the grandfather say for $10,000? Well, see, yeah, we point that out. The grandfather technically is allowed to say that, but the point is, can he? what if he doesn't say that? And is this considered a case of loss of money? But moreover, the real question we're trying to get at is, which, again, we're starting, is that if we assume that it's Mishal Av, that when we talk about Kibbutz of Aim, money has to come, that the expense is coming from the parent's account, so then here... Potentially, again, Michael threw in a caveat, but potentially the starting point is, well, this is, it's not going to come from my account, so I don't have to lose the money. Except for Michael pointed out, you're not losing money, you're just not gaining money. Right, so, so before, so I want to hold this, we're going to come back to this case, if I don't come back to it, remind me at the end of this year. Because I think there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's two larger questions at play here that we really have to be asking. Because there's something very peculiar about this halacha. Question number one is, before we even get there, is... Just another side question which I want to develop first is, let's just assume for a second, okay? You're, the father is destitute, is poor, doesn't have any money. A very, a case could be, you have a, you have a very uh, typical case can really be, you have a person who lives normally and at a certain point starts living off retirement, and as they get older, the t- retirement savings start, start to dwindle, and then they need to be put in a nursing home, and they don't have the funds to be put in a nursing home. So you're going to tell me, well, kibbutz of aim is Michel, Michel Av. It only comes from the father's expense. Sorry, the son doesn't have to pay for you. Like, bye? Like, really? That's a little funny. That's, that's question number one. Like, that's a little funny. Question number two is, I think, a much bigger question. Really, the, uh, the overarching question on this entire sugya, this entire discussion, is, in a way, there's something fundamentally wrong here. What other mitzvah in the Torah do we say... Michel Av. And what I mean by that is as follows. Ready? Shake Lulav, but you don't have to pay for it. Like, the Torah gives us many, many mitzvot, and yeah, we pay for it. That's just part of the, that's part of the deal. There are rules on how we pay for it and how much you have to spend, but like, no one can say, oh, tuition's too expensive, so don't pay for it. We all, we, we give everything we own to tuition. That's just what we do. So like, what's going on here? It's like, yeah. Do here's a mitzvah, but oh, not out of your wallet, out of your father's wallet. Like, what's, why in the world would we have a mitzvah in the Torah, but for some reason it comes out of the other person's expense? I think it's a very, very. It is a broad mitzvah. But then again, when, 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 when,
say, okay, I was a really good host, here's your bill. Yeah. And that's also more broad, like, in that broad spectrum, where Beaker Cole and all those, like, interpersonal things that have, are broader in that way. Again, you don't say, Beaker Holland, I made you three, me- you know, I made you three mommy meals, and I came to visit you in the hospital, I guess, and told them this and that, here's an itemized bill. But I, 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 I want to even I, I purposely use a mitzvah like lulav because when it comes to lulav, for instance, the halacha is you're not allowed to spend all your money, but you spend up to a fifth of your money. Like that's just the, that's just the way of the world. Being as we all know, being religious is expensive because no one's going to say you don't have to spend. Like that, that's just part of what it is. You spend money in order to fulfill the mitzvahs. You want to buy tefillin, you, you want tefillin, you have to buy them. There's nowhere. No, it doesn't say anywhere unless you can procure tefillin freely. So then you're you're exempt. Yeah, if tefillin are exorbitant, you can't afford them because it's more than whatever it is, a fifth figure, so that you don't have to buy them. But, like, but there is no mitzvah to buy it, and that if you inherit it... For sure, for sure. So again, if, if you could somehow fulfill the mitzvah of, of aim without having to expend, have expend any expense, for sure. But the point here is, here we're, we've just, we're talking about a scenario where money has to be spent. Oh, but only have to spend your father's money. Like, Why? 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 You yeah, Beaker Holim. What? Only I'm only going to visit you if you foot the bill. Like, what, what, what's going on here? Why, what, someone's transactional that way. Fair question, Charles. Uh, I think it's fair. Can I give you uh, from personal experience? My father's father, my paternal grandfather, when he reached a senior citizen age, he signed over his social security and he lived one in a Jewish assistant living home on in Jersey City. I forgot which region, and we visited him. So that being said, I think it's a very fair question, right? I think it's a very fair question. Like, why is this halacha? Why is kibbutz of aim different than every other malacha where there's somehow there's an expectation built into kibbutz of aim that you don't have to spend money, whereas every other seemingly other uh, uh, mitzvah you would have to spend money. This whole discussion that you don't see it exist by other. Other areas is it Mishal Ah, Mishal Mishal Ben? Is it Mishal Hashem? So what's going on here? So I think in order to do this, I want to take a step back and now answer the first question first, as in the question of what happens if the father does not have money? What happens if the father does not have money? So it says Tosvos as follows. This is Tosvos found in Lambeis Amud Aleph. It's not in the source book, so I'll read it slowly. It says Tosvos Mashma. When the Gemara says it's Mishal Av, Shekach Halacha, this is the Halacha, V'chem Pasuk, the Sheiltas, the Ravachai, that's also the way that the Sheiltas paskins, Upasuk Hecha, the last little Av, Isle the Ben, Chayav Ebel Azon Aviv. But the Sheiltas, who's again one of the authoritative work, says, but in the scenario where the father does not have, then it's incumbent upon the son to feed the father. And it's the same with this daughter and the mother. But, so then, the chain pasuk re virach dim ein laav mamun vabem yeshlo the tzarach haben lefarnos mishalo. So he says explicitly black on white in the event that the fa- the father does not have, even though we say it, it's mishal av, it comes from the father, but the father does not have, then it's on the son and the daughter to pay for the for the for the father. Why is that? So if you read Tosfos, Tosfos says it's a little cryptic. But if you turn to the Rif, who is the Rif? Rabbi Nafasi, Rabbi Nafasi was yes, Rabbi Nafasi, the grandfather, who was the grand Rebbe of the Rambam, one of the major, major Rishonim uh, where our halacha comes from. The Riff says then even more explicitly than this. The Riff says, you know why? Why is it incumbent upon the son from the father? Why? Listen to what he says. He says as follows. 
says, And when the scenario where the son is wealthy, the son has money, the father doesn't, we force the son. And we take from the son, what's the next word? Tzedakah. Says the Rif and the Rambam and most three showing him the reason why the son has to pay for the father if the father doesn't have is not because of Kibbutz of Aim, but because of Tzedakah. Now, I think that's very fascinating. That in the world of Kibbutz of Aim, so our requirement for our parents is that we do, we're them, we do Kibbutz of Aim for them, as long as they can afford to pay, pay for it. So long as they can't afford to pay for it, so then we don't have to do Kibbutz for them. Oh, but they need to live and survive, and we have money, so then we have an obligation towards them, but it's an obligation of, of one of tzedakah. It's just a fascinating idea, no? That doesn't seem just right. limit on tzedakah. Why does it not seem right? Because there's a higher responsibility to a parent than putting it in a category of tzedakah. Or it to... seems like a distant kind of a connection. So it's interesting you say that. So I'll tell you two things. The tziv... Who has a commentary in the Shiltis, the Tzvi Yehuda of Berlin? He was a, um, a fa- actually a very fascinating figure. I think a, quite a misunderstood historically, um, but not for now. So the Nitziv, he asked the following question. He says this that he basically says this that, that there's an obligation for a son to to pay or sustain or support a parent when they parent cannot support themselves. Is it because of tzedakah, or is it also part of kibbutz of aim? Our question. So he says clearly the riff and the toast it's for tzedakah, but he finds other rishonim. He doesn't quote the ritva. Others quote the ritva. I'm telling you, I probably read this ritva today for over a half hour. It's four lines, over and over again. I didn't see it in the ritva. I'm not sure what I read wrong. I definitely read it wrong. I just kept on re- reading it. The ritva seems to think it's an outgrowth of kibbutz of aim. Meaning to say that it's not a din of stuck, it's a din of kibbutz of aim. What, what would be the difference? What would be the difference if it's outgrowth of kibbutz of aim, kibbutz, or outgrowth of tzedakah? Even the lottery lifestyle, or whatever. Lifestyle type. I think say more, more, more simpler than that. It's as follows. The laws of tzedakah are, are governed by you only give what you can, what you can afford. Meaning if, I, if I, you can't afford to give, you don't give. If you can afford to give a lot, then you give a lot. If you can afford to only give a little, you give a little. The laws of Kibbutz of Aim, however, if, 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 if the laws of Kibbutz of Aim are the ones that engender an obligation to support your parents, so even if you own nothing, then you would be obligated to go and knock on doors and, be, and beg and ask, request for money. You'd have to go solicit money. Meaning, the law, there's no law obligation to go and solicit money to give tzedakah. That's, that's not the obligation. Is if you have money, you give tzedakah. Yes, everyone has an obligation once a year to give a pruta to tzedakah, give 25 cents to tzedakah. That we have. But, but, but other than that, there's no obligation to solicit funds for tzedakah. Tzedakah is when you have money, so you give. If there's an obligation that stems from the mitzvah of kibbut of the aim to get to support your parents, it's not coming from tzedakah, so then you would have to solicit funds in order to make sure your parents have money. So that would definitely be one nafkamina. Does that make sense? You following? Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm saying no, but what about lifestyle? Where let's right. say you win the nine hundred million dollar lottery. So your parents have a home and they're set up for normal people, whatever. Are you then required and you go out and you buy yourself the mega million mansion? Do you have to buy it for your parents? Yeah, I have to have a because they're not needing a 
make a presumption, they're not in need of tzedakah, but they're not living the same lavish st- lifestyle of the multi-millionaire. I have a different, have a different take on that. Um, similar to that. I think you're the, you, you have submitted to us. Let's go. Tzedakah, you have to feed them. You know, they don't have the money. You give them, you know, there's different, you can give them, you know, kind of like veggies or whatever, just like, you know, minimal. You give them the porridge and and they're fed. You've got the money. They're giving them their, their clothes or whatever. They're very minimal. You've covered that. That's, that's the dukkah. You've given them that. So I think by giving them the stage or giving them just a higher level, not even, not even this whole the lavish thing, but just a normal level, is that the key without the aim. So I'll tell you what, I, 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 I think maybe I'll try to speak to both, all three of your comments. And then first of all, we're going to learn how to stuck that's, that's coming in a few units. I think it's towards the end of the book. My hope is that once we go through Hilchot Tzedakah, we're going to see Hilchot Tzedakah is not just a reciprocal charity, but it's actually a value that goes beyond just, again, reciprocal, that there's some, a, a, hier, a hierarchical reciprocal, a hierarchical um, I have giving to you down below. There's, there's much more to that. It's a way in which society functions. It's a way in which we create a, a more wholesome society. That's number one. But number two is as follows. Maybe this will help answer Charles's question. The Shulchan Aruch says, this is found in Reish and Aleph 251 Sif Gimel, that we all know probably the most famous law in Hilchot Tzedakah is that there's a hierarchy when it comes to tzedakah, aniyah ircha kodem, that the, the people of your city come first, right? We're familiar with this law? Yes. What does that mean? Unclear. Because it's, again, even that, if there's someone who lives 10 miles away who needs, desperately needs money, they're going to drop dead if they don't have money. And someone in your city just needs a little bit, so they, then they probably take precedence. So there's, even within that, obviously, it can get very, it's, it's, it's complicated. However, since the Shulchan we know it takes precedence over everything. First, Shulchan says, someone who gives their family money, that too is included in tzedakah. And for some reason, my notes got cut off. But the Shulchan goes on to say, giving your parents tzedakah when they need it is not only that tzedakah, but that's in the hierarchy, they come first. Giving your father tzedakah, giving your mother, they come first. And I think what the, I mean, what the Shulchan is driving at, and what we start seeing is that, that I, I wish I had a language in front of me. But basically, I think what it's driving at is that don't just think of it as distant, but like the, 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 the the nature of these concentric circles in terms of how we're giving it and the priorities is that they come first trying try to say like it's part of the way in which society is built and it's part of yeah the, how we how we it's almost built into how we have to look out for each other and how we look out for each other and what, is it, what are the priorities we're going to have when we look out for each other your father and mother are coming first not that it's distant but that we built into the fact that we built into the halacha that make sure you're looking after your father and mother and once you do that, so if we actually waive certain halachas within Hilchah Sadaka, we give you certain leniencies. I'll give you a couple of them. I'll give you, I know I'm not being so clear because the notes got cut off here. But I'll tell you as follows. Um, there's a halacha we learn out from, we learn out, Martin Erevin discusses that when it comes to giving trumas and maestros, you're not supposed to give it all to one kohen. 
You're not supposed to give it all to one Kohen. You're supposed to diversify, give it to multiple different Kohanim. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. Give your tithes to different Kohanim. The, um, and we also know that the laws of tzedakah, most of them are actually learned out of par- parallel to Hilcha's kahuna. Therefore, when it comes to giving money away, you shouldn't all give it to one person, especially if they're in your family. Says the Badi Hashulchan, which is the, he was just, five Kohen, he just passed away about a month ago. He wrote a very important work on Hilcha's tzedakah. However, if it's your father who, or mother who need money, you can give them everything. We wave, there's a leniency, we wave this halacha about trying to diversify, give, it to, give them everything. Why? Because they need it and they're your father and your mother. Um, he says as well, again, he points, he points out, someone else pointed out, when you're giving your parents money, just know, this is very important, you have to do it with great sensitivity. Now, if you, whenever you give it stuck, you give it sensitivity, when you give it to your parents, it has to be an extra level of sensitivity. Um, sorry? Also, also another, another interesting thing is that when you're supporting your parents, because it's coming from a din tzedakah, you, if, it's com- if, if we believe it's coming from a din tzedakah, so you can give them from your miser. Meaning, if it's coming from a din of kibbutz of aim, so you can't, fulfill, you can't give them your miser money, your tzedakah money, because you have an obligation. So I'm, 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 I'm a little murky here. Let me, let me, let's take a step back. Back to our Shakira. I'm sorry about this. We asked the following question. We said, this that a child has to support a parent when the parent does not have any money. Is it because it's because like a regular din tzedakah, like here's a poor person, they have to support them, and perhaps even within the laws of Hilchah tzedakah, your parents come first, they take precedent. Or no, it's because the laws of kibbutz of aim require a child to support one's parents from their own money. And what are going to be some ramifications of this? So, well, when it comes to the laws of tzedakah, we know that one does not have to give more than they have. So if it's because of the laws of tzedakah, like Tosfos in the, in the river saying, so you give what you have, if, if you yourself are poor as well, so you can tell your parents, I'm sorry, I wish I can help you, I don't have anything. Whereas if you hold like the Ritva, no, the keyword of aim requires you to give your parents money, so then you have to go out and start begging and asking people for money, soliciting funds. In fact, by the way, the Baalei Shulchan points out, the Chaznish points out as well, that if you know your parents are going to go and start begging for money, so even if you think it's, it's coming from a place of tzedakah, you have an obligation to go and ask, solicit funds on their behalf because it's just, that's keep it of aim. Because you're, you're preventing them from being embarrassed. But assuming your parents aren't going to be begging for money because let's say they're, they're stuck in a house. So you, don't, you have to go beg for money because again, keep it of aim requires it. Other ramifications are as follows. If it's come from a place of tzedakah, tzedakah is what requires you to give them. So then, we, then the laws of tzedakah play in as well. Some of the laws of tzedakah are going to be well, we'll waive some of them, such as you can give them all the money. But also, we're going to say that you can give them miser money. Normally we say, miser can only be given. Like the, the tenth of your money can only be given for tzedakah causes. I'll give you a classic example. There's a trooper from Ramosha Feinstein. Can one use their miser to pay tuition to schools? Ramosha says no. Why not? Because tuition to schools, every parent has an obligation to teach their children. How do you teach your children? Well, nowadays, we, don't, we all go to work, so we can't teach our children. So what we do is we hire someone to teach our children. The fact that we have to hire someone to teach our children, that's our, it's just our obligation. Well, you can't use your miser, your tzedakah money, to fulfill your obligation. He says, if there are other things that go beyond the, your obligation, such as maybe the building fund, that you could use miser for. But the actual obligation, you can't, discharge your, you can't use miser to dis- discharge your obligation. So if the fact you're, you're paying for your parents is because of tzedakah, so then it's tzedakah. So you can use miser. But if the fact that you're paying for your parents is because you have an obligation to keep it of aim, so you can't use your miser. We good?
thoughts, questions? Did I clarify? I still, did I mess everything up? When I got murky there on the tzedakah piece. Can it be both? One, two, three. Thoughts? Why can't you just double duty it? I don't think so. No, I think it's two different, two different pieces. Although it, there are some Rishon that kind of seem to mix a little bit. Yes, Charles? No, I'm still troubled by that. <laughs> by the fact it seems more impersonal, you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you don't need to get a job to give seduction, which is, I would think you would need to get a job or a better job or work more hours to support your parents. I'm not talking about begging. But until what, until, until what end? Until what end? Until what end? I want two jobs. So you provide... I'll tell you one of the conversations that comes up in, in, in the law. I, I had a conversation with someone today about this, not a halachalamaisa, but in preparation for the shir. I, I called a senior rabbi in America, and I said, I'm sure you've gotten this question before. Parents, parent, or elderly parent says, I want to come live with young, younger child. Younger child says, I can't have. I just don't have. I can't have you in the house. I, I'll pay for you. To, I'll even pay myself for you to go to uh, a very nice assisted living nursing home. What do you do? You know, it's the same question. To what end to keep it up and go? How much do you have to upend your life? You, know, you look at the classical sources. It seems like, you know, the, the, the Tana, the Mora, let the mother sip, step on the head. But like, at the certain, to what end do you have to upend your family life? To what end do you have to go start begging? And your, and your life, but what if it's not healthy for your children? Again, these are all now, the questions right, that come up. Like, if you have someone dealing with various mental whatever, and now it could be unhealthy, dangerous, whatever, for your young children. I didn't even talk about unhealthy and dangerous. Uh, dangerous. I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying th- these are all questions. So I think there, there's a lot of subjectivity here, maybe because there is a lot of the emotions here. But you have to ask the question until what end. And actually in a minute we're going to see this. This actually this is going to come up in a minute. So actually, let's see the next part. Can I ask who you about that? This question, no. <laughs> okay. But other questions, yes. I just spoke to Barry Leibowitz about something. I spoke to... Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to leave out the next piece. It's complicated. I don't know how to tell it down. Okay. Okay, fine. So that was question number one. Well, after we had Mary Cohen. The question of if your parent doesn't have, you really don't have to support them yet, so you do have to support them, but maybe it's because of tzedakah, maybe it's because of keep it of aim, and the ramifications of nafkaminas are going to be that we apply the laws of tzedakah, which come with kulas and chumras, kulas that you don't have to, you only expend what you have, chumras perhaps in other areas. Okay, but this brings us now, I think, to the broader question. It's, it, I think it emerges, again, it, it, one after the other, and that is, it builds on it, and that is, but why is this so different? Why is every other mitzvah, we assume you're spending money, why here do we assume Mishalaf? And only Mishalaf. What's going on here? So much so that we say, oh, your father doesn't have? So dip into your tzedakah. Like, that's mamish what we're doing. Most of the Rishonim. Most of the Rishonim are saying, the Rambam, the Rif, the Rush, Tosfos are saying, oh, if your father doesn't have but needs to be supported, he'll be supported, but from your Tzedakah account. But why? Every, no one says, oh, you have guests over, take it from your Tzedakah account. You want to buy your Lulav, take it from your Tzedakah account. You want to buy your Tzvillin, take it from your Tzedakah account. You want to buy your Hanukkah account from your Tzedakah account. No, that's part of the Jewish life. What's going on here? That's a much bigger question. So what I'm going to tell you is I'm going to give you four different ways to look at this. They overlap. Are you ready for this? Yes. Number one is the Chaznish. The Chaznish is found in Yardea, Simen, Kuf, Mem, Tes. Chaznish says as follows. He says, definitionally to, to kibbut of aim, the word kibbut, 
is showing honor, not spending money. So if you look at the Rambam, the Rambam says, what's kibud? The way a servant serves his master. He stands up for him, sits down for him, brings him food, dresses him. There's no mention of money there. I thought in a way, if you think about it, when someone gives you a gift, a real gift, it's not a gift card. It's not when they give you cash. It's nice, but when someone wants to give you a real gift, it, they're giving you something that's meaningful. When they give you cash, it's kind of like saying, I didn't know what to get you. I didn't think much about it ahead of time. To serve someone, to show someone respect, that's not coming through cash. It's coming through serving some, actually serving someone. So what the Chaz is, is saying is that when, when the Torah uses the word kibbut, it means showing respect. Not paying someone, but showing respect. And that's what means definitional to the halacha is showing respect. So what the Chaznish is telling us is as follows. The same way, definitional to, let's say, the mitzvah of lulav is a palm branch and not an olive branch, definitional to the, halacha, the, the uh, mitzvah of kibbut of aim is doing an action, is serving your parent, not giving them money. And therefore, it, it's not about the money is being spent, but it's about the way in which you're doing your action. So what the Chazich is going to tell us, and I have it right here, it's a, it's a rather short piece, but the Chazich is telling us is, and again, he's making an assumption here, that it's not about making your parent happy, but it's about serving your parent, but the Chazich is, is telling us, is about, it's, it's, the keep it of aim is about doing the favor for your parent, it's about serving your parent, not about the money that's being exchanged. And therefore, it's Mishalaf, because again, the money, it's a, it's a, it's a side point in this, in, in this whole endeavor. Really, it's about the son, the daughter, serving the parent. But going, isn't that still, like Erica says, about Hashem Sarfim, or, um, what, Birkar Cholim? You know, it's, it's the same idea then. The mitzvah is not, you know, baking them bread or visiting, or going over it. What is it? But um, it's not, you know, making them this or bringing them this or bringing these to. That's costing you money. That's, the mitzvah is, you know, doing the act for them. So, so it's, the, it's the same type of thing. So why does it have to be from your pocket, then? In that case, why can't I give, why can't I give Eric Gessel when I visit her in the hospital? So I, 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 must, I wasn't sure about this point. I kind of spent a little time thinking about it. Again, I didn't have that much time, but I wonder if, we don't use the word keyboard in those areas. Yeah, I think he was kind of jumping the word keyboard and what it means to serve, the way the Raman formulated it. But I'll give you. I'll give you. I'm gonna give you. Two, I'm gonna give you three other ways to look at it. One is Rabbi, Rabbi Feldman. He threw out an idea. I, I didn't love it, and he said as follows. This actually comes a little bit to what, what I, the point I was making. This is where I got the answer I gave to Charles. He said, "What? Wh- where does the idea of keeping of aim come from?" As we discussed this in our opening shear, Hakar Satov. He says, "I really, yeah, it should come from the son. But what's going to happen?" He says, "You make the son pay for the parent." then how is the son ever going to live his own life? How is he going to raise his own family if he has to also pay for his parents? It's, just not, it's, just not, it's not tenable to, it's not to have a son struggle to pay for his parents and then also struggle to pay for himself. You just, society couldn't function. Family couldn't function if, you're, if the son had to pay for the parent. I didn't love that. That's, a, it becomes very subjective. B, is like, so then maybe society can't function if you have to pay $100,000 for tuition. And society can't function if you have to pay for... It's like, where do you draw the line there? It just becomes, I don't know, I, 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 I didn't like that. He, he also didn't bring a source for that. And what now, again, like quality of life, what if you are more affluent than your parent? So then you, you, Lahar, you start should. So where do you draw the line? You, you should you start paying your parent. So where do you draw the line there? So I didn't, I, I didn't like that at all. Because, no, again, no, the Gemara doesn't say anywhere, Mishalav, until you can afford to. So you can say it's a low plug. That, I, I didn't like the answer. I, I, I quoted it because I... 
Ethan Rebbe, I won't say it, but I, I didn't love it. Maybe if I see him next, I'll, I'll, I'll text him, ask him what he thought. Okay, so we, so we have the Chaz Nish we do like. The Chaz Nish says it's definitional. It's, just, it's about keyboard, it's not about money. Then there comes, along comes the Bir Shmuel. Bir Shmuel was Rav... My blanking on his name because it's late. Was the Bir Shmuel, and he says as follows. His name was not Shmuel. Shmuel's his father. Rav Baruch Ber Libowitz. Talmud Muvuk of Rav Chaim Salavechik. It's Rosh Hashivin Kamenitz. Died in 1939. The Bir Shmuel says as follows. It's unlike the Chaznish who said it's definitional to the to the mitzvah that there's no money involved, he says it's more of it's a kula. He says if you look at the other, or most other, or other mitzvahs, being adam lechavero, there's not, it's not about money having to be spent. It's not about money having to be spent. He says as follows, that most of the time, when the Torah talks about having to spend a chomesh, or less than a chomesh, having to spend money, you have to buy a lulav. You have to buy things. But when it comes to being adam lechavero, the Torah does not require you to spend money. Sometimes you have money has to be spent. But he gives an example that follows. Hashavah Aveda. If I'm walking down the road and I find uh, Michael's wallet, and the only way to get it to Michael would be to put it in the mail, and I don't, I'm too lazy to walk down and put it in your mailbox, put it in the mail and, and ship it to him, technically I don't have an obligation to spend my own money to send it to him. It would be a nice thing to do, and then you'd have to reimburse me, but I don't technically have to spend my own money in order to return your lost object. Because when it comes to mitzvot, it's been Adam Lechavero, I don't have to spend money. And therefore says the Bir Shmuel, in our case here of, of a kibbutz of the aim, because it's between father and son, daughter and mother, it's been Adam Lechavero, therefore there's no need to spend the money. So that's the reason why it's Bishalav. So you want, oh, money has to be spent, you want to get some of your father, then, then the father has to spend it. That's what the Bir Shmuel says. What world is he living in where the Benadam Lechavero does automatically cost money? What do you That's mean? not that awesome. You're hosting people, you're spending money. So you go home, you're going to visit them. Like, it costs money. All these things cost money. And not that we begrudge it necessarily, but, like, like that's pretty Well, you can host people in your house without what? giving them food, I guess, technically. But whereas, keep it of aim, there's a, there's a requirement to feed the father and clothe the father. But at a certain point, that, like, it's, like, but pragmatically... I thought you were going to ask, I thought you were gonna ask a different question. But that's not how we do these mitzvot. It's not how, but again, the actual requirement is... I thought you were going to ask a different question. What question did you ask? Well, what type of mitzvah is keep it of aim? Well, that's what I was going to say, but it's not being out of the world. It's been out of the makam, right? Right. So, that's what I was thinking. So, listen to this... In the Shiurim of Yaakov Moshe Shurkin, who's the father of Michal Shurkin, listen to what he says. This is unbelievable. He says as follows. Maybe that's the root of the machlokis between Mishal Ab and Mishal Bain. Right? We had in our opening shir, we asked the following. Is Kibbut of Aim? Were you there opening shir? Because on the one hand, it's found, it's, on one hand, it's between father and son, mother and daughter. It's between man and man. On the other hand, it's found on the right side of Sarah Zibros. So it was very unclear what side it is on, and we talked about how, in a way, it's between man and man, but it's about man connecting to God. We had a, we had a whole beautiful share about it. Says of Michel, says of Yaakov Moshe Shurkin. According to the, the what, what's the, the root of the machlokus in the Gemara that we saw today between Michel, uh, it's Michel Av, Michel Ben. According to the opinion, it says it's Michel Ben. It comes from the son's account. 
because he thinks it's been Adam Makam. It's been Adam Makam. And therefore, it's between man and God, you have to spend your own money. Whereas according to the opinion that says Mishal Av is coming to your father's account, he holds Ben Amla Chavero. So that's a brilliant thought, brilliant idea. No? You don't like it? I don't like it at all. I thought it was a brilliant idea. <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant idea. Okay. Let's do, let's do two Nasmias for this. And then we'll go back to our opening question and try to bring it all together with some practical things. You still with me, Charles? Wait, so is it Ben Adama from the child? He's saying at the root of the Machlokas in the Gemara, the opinion that says it's been Adam, uh, says it's from the child, it's because he told it's been Olam So, this is, this is where it gets fun. So, again, if you ho- what would be a uh, nafkamil? What would be your ramification? If you ho- according to the Chaznish again, the Chaznish is saying that just the, 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 the mitzvah doesn't require you to spend money. Because it's not about, it's not about money, it's about you serving. The Bir Chashmuel is saying, no, just in general, Mitz, generally, mitzvot bin adam limak bin adam lechaver, which is man and man, don't require you to spend money. You could if you want, but they don't require you to spend money. So, what would be some differences? So, one might be what we call the nimishur sadin. Can you go beyond the letter of the law? Well, according to the Bir Shmuel, you want to host people at your house, right? That would be an example. You want to go and spend money? Sure. You don't have to. There's no requirement to, but you want to. Be, be my guest. Go spend money. Go spend your money. Go and pay your father's bills. It's part of keep it of aim. Or the Chazish might say, no, it's just not part of the, it's a nice thing to do, but it's not, not part of the mitzvah, keep it up, aim to spend money. Money does not get involved in keep it. It's like shaking an olive branch. It's just not, it's not, it's not the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah tzedakah. It's a mitzvah of chesed. It's not part, it's just not a mitzvah, keep it up, aim. Keep it equals serving. Keep it does not equal money. So that would be the difference between the two of them. Another one might be, however, what if, what if, uh, no, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that for now. So that, that would be a difference between the two. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Too complicated? Taking it in. Taking it in. Okay, so let's do a quick review, then we'll go back to our original question. So, serving would theoretically mean you have to do it yourself? Yes. So, what if, whereas the money, can you hire your parents about butler? Maybe. But would that be like the Nafdamina is I can't hire someone to do it for me. I have to pragmatically go and do it myself. So I, even if I had the money to do so. so, so maybe may, may, so may, you literally have to, you know, bring them their food and take them for every night? No. no. You go once a week, you go shop, you go grocery shopping for them, you know, and you bring But if they need somebody to do it, can I do I have to be the one to do it or can I hire somebody? So in that case, do you have to do it, or is the car, is it the same as the car doing it then? We're hiring some, you know. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. Okay, fine. So let's just do a quick review of this last piece. So we asked the question. I think it's, I think it's a very powerful question. The question is, why is Kibbutz Aim different than any other mitzvah worth Mishalaf? No, most mitzvahs you have to pay yourself. The Chaznish says because definitional to Kibbutz Aim, the mitzvah was Kibbutz serving, doing things that were through covet, through showing acts of I am being mechabed you, I'm, be, I'm showing respect to you. Not money. Yechashmuel says no, because it's a mitzvah that's been on the chavero. Mitzvah's been on the chavero. We don't require you to spend money. You could if you want, but we don't require you to spend money. That, was, that, would, that would be the answer in, in uh, concise. Fine. So now this brings us back to our original question of the Mishnah's Cohen. What would be the din, however, with, to bring us all together, with this uh, father who wanted to sell the 
Sandik, Sand, whatever, how you say that in Hebrew, sell the rights of the Sandik to the Svardi over his father. What do we think? Okay. We should go yeah, to that book from uh, the man who was a speaker here a couple of weeks ago, so, Rabbi Shekhar. He says there, he wrote a book about bridging the gap between uh, Ashkenaz and Sephardic Union because he, he's, uh, he's well, the role for Sephardic Union. They're minority over here. So, uh, well, uh, but uh, also, does it, like, at what point does the amount make a difference? Saying, okay, yeah. So yeah, that's dollars. a very fair question. You're all, you're all, so I'll tell you interestingly. I'll tell you, this, uh, the, the Mari Cohen brings up all these points. Ready? I'll tell you what he says. First of all, there was the Ron at the end of the, the sources we saw. The Ron pointed out there's a difference. He, the Ron asked, based on what we said today, it comes Michel Av. Why did it come Michel Av? It comes Michel Ben. So that we saw we had our whole lumbers today because, again, money's not involved, etc., etc., etc. And we also saw today that even if the father doesn't have the science to give because of Sadaka, fine. End of the day, it comes Michel Av. So then, what's the story of the Nasina? Why the son have to lose out? And the answer that Ron gives is because either the Tsar, that he was, caught, it was going to cause his father pain to wake him up, and that's not his, about the son losing out, and that's about the father's pain, or because there's a difference between, as Michael pointed out earlier, losing money versus losing a potential gain. That we all know. The difference between if I go and I mug you, and now your bank account goes down, versus I board up your shop, and you can't go to work that day, and you lose $100. Okay. This Nafimela comes up in Hilchas Chol Moed. The difference between when you can go to work, when you can't go to work. Okay. So says the Mishnah's Kohen as follows. On the, on the one hand, this case seems like the classic case of Dov Minatina. Dov Minatina. That here is, the, here is the son. He's going to lose out $10,000, but he's not going to lose $10,000. He's losing out the potential $10,000, and therefore he should, um, he sh- he, it should go to his father. However, however, like you all said, if the, if the father is happy, if the father is happy that his son is getting $10,000, then the father can waive his rights. But here's the condition. The son has to make it clear to everyone in the audience that the father waived his rights. Because otherwise, what's everyone going to think? Well, what's wrong with the father? What's wrong with the relationship? That was a very clever, a very clever uh, thought from the, on a thought process. That you don't want to save the cupboard there. And then he says something, which is, what? But then aren't you embarrassing... Well, let's say that you're embarrassing the Sfardi. Well, the Sfardi, the wealthy Sfardi, he just wants to, he wants to, he wants the bracha, the bracha, the bracha, you know? Well, but it depends on why. You might say, oh, yeah, I was paid for this. Like, <laughs> so you find a way around it. Okay, fine. And then lastly, he says as follows, and this is, Erica started, I think you were saying, or he started to say, he says as follows. However, if the guy's in, if the guy, if the, um, the, the Yitzchak, the father, is in such a debt, so then you can potentially say that the loss of $10,000 or the loss of $10,000 is actually considered a loss of money. 
So this is something that comes from Hilchus Cholamoid as well. Again, it's hard to quantify. In each case, has to be judged separately. But although some, there are times that we see the Quran says simply losing out a potential profit is nothing, but sometimes losing out a potential profit it in and of itself is significant enough to say it's actually the loss of real money because you're losing out what could be, you know, when you're in such debt, you know, whatever it may be. And therefore, he says, if that's the situation, then you can say your father, Mishalaf, keep it in comes from you. I'm the one losing out. And therefore, now I can say, sorry, father, wait till the next kid. It's not going to go to the Sephardi. Okay, I hope this was uh, exciting. I hope it was clear. I'm sorry, there are a couple points here where it wasn't as clear as I hoped it would be.